0: فاشرف بي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت ذا ويا له من شرف عظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما In this sit, إن ta'ala, I hope بإذن الله الكريم to talk about a very important topic. And that topic is فهم العلم وسبل The topic that I want to speak about is understanding, comprehending uh, knowledge and how important it is and the way to gain it. If you don't have it, the way to gain the ability to comprehend knowledge. And in reality, I do not want to speak about ilmi wal-'ulama. I do not want to speak about the virtue of knowledge and the virtues of scholars and the scholars and the people of knowledge. Because I've spoken about that in many other sits. And the virtue of knowledge is something inshaAllah, ta'ala that is very common, well known by everybody. Everybody who has ever read the Quran, who's looked at the Sunnah of the Messenger, وسلم, knows the virtue of knowledge and how important it is. And the knowledge that I'm referring to here is the Islamic knowledge, of course. So I'm not going to speak about the virtue of knowledge and the virtue of the people of knowledge. But there is a statement that I do want to bring to your attention. And that is the statement of Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah. He said, Laysa min al-ilm. Sufyan al-Thawri said, There is no action after the obligatory act. There is no action after the obligatory acts that is more virtuous than seeking knowledge. After you pray the salah, after you fast, after you go hajj, after you give your zakat and other acts that are obligatory, there's nothing that comes before or more virtuous than seeking knowledge. So what this tells us is that knowledge is qurubat, the greatest thing that a person can get closer to Allah with. And it is from the it's from the greatest things you can get closer to Allah with. Subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the greatest acts of worships. It's from those great acts of worships a person can get can get closer to Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala, uh, with. ولذلك الإمام أحمد بن حنبل said العِلم لا يعدله شيء knowledge there's nothing equivalent to it there's nothing like it لمن نيته but it is for the person whose intentions is good so Imam Ahmed said there's nothing like knowledge if you have good intentions so any person فمن كانت نيتهم صالحة, anybody whose intention is righteous or خالصة pure so for the sake of Allah then this particular person there's nothing greater that he can embark on and there's nothing greater than what he is taking forward or doing than seeking knowledge and the reason why is because it's every key to good knowledge is the forefront for it so Inshallah those two statements of those two noble Imams Sufyan al thawri statement and Ahmed ibn Hanbal will give you an understanding of the virtue of knowledge. And of course, as I said, that is it's something that you will find in the Kitab and the Sunnah, uh, the virtue of knowledge and the virtue of the people of knowledge. But that's not my topic today. My topic, inshaAllah, that I want to speak about in this muhavara, in this lecture, is the issue of understanding knowledge. And this is a part of it's a chapter that falls under knowledge or gaining knowledge or the things that a person needs to gain knowledge. Six things is the way a person can obtain and gain knowledge. From those six is understanding and comprehending the religion, uh, comprehending knowledge, understanding knowledge. So our discussion and our talk is about an important topic connected to knowledge which is fahmul ilm, understanding knowledge. If we look around today, we realize the people who have embarked on wanting to gain knowledge are large in number. As Salikuna al The people who have embarked on the path of wanting to gain knowledge are a lot in number. Go to the Arab world today, go to Al-Azhar University, go to Um Umm Al-Qur'a, Ja'at Al-Riyab, Malik Su'ud, Ja'at Al-Imam, go to Medina University and other universities around the Muslim world and look at the number of people you will see who are enrolling, who are already studying there and the ones who who are applying, it's a large amount. Alhamdulillah. It's something that brings happiness and joy to the heart. But لَكِنَّ الثَّابِتِينَ عَلَىٰ طَرِيقِ طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ مِنْهُ قَلِيلُونَ But the ones who are steadfast on seeking knowledge, in wanting to increase in knowledge, are very little in number. So those who take the path of wanting to gain knowledge, applying for universities, and wanting to study, and going and enrolling, and whatnot, are large. But the ones who are steadfast on that road, who are consistent, who don't stop learning, they know that they going to go, they're, they're, that studying doesn't have no end point that is continuous those are little in number they're not a lot and then from within those who are little those those little ones who are steadfast within them is a little minority again who are what? who've actually even understood knowledge and those who have understood knowledge within those who are steadfast are very little. So we see the importance of how it is, the importance it is to actually comprehend and understand knowledge. Understanding knowledge, it is the objective of what knowledge is, and it is the ultimate goal of what knowledge is is to actually understand it and comprehend it. It is not memorizing. And that is not me belittling the importance of memorizing. But it's not you memorizing المسائد, that you memorize this masala, this masala. Rather what it is is, is you know the foundations of knowledge. You know the foundations and you know the principles where all of these sub-branches have been derived from. And if my beloved brothers and sisters, you don't have understanding, You can never do analogy. And you won't also have the ability to extract ruling from the Kitab and the Sunnah. And you will not also conclude with a correct ruling in matters of the religion you speak about. You will also not be correct in responding and defending and debunking doubts that are thrown at Islam. You won't be able to debunk it and refute it and respond to it. You will also not be able, without understanding and comprehending, you will also, also be without uh, or you'll be a person whose mistakes are more than he's, the things that he gets right. And also you will have tanakov contradictions. And how would you have contradictions? المختلفين. 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 Two things that are the same. Two things that are the same you're going to divide between the two of them. And you're going to place each one with a different ruling, when they're the same. Or you're going to bring together two things that are different and give them both the same ruling. And contradiction is going to happen. And why is that? It's because you don't have understanding, you don't have dabd. And that is what Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la mentions in the Quran. And He states, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, in Surah An-Kabut, Ayah 43, Allah says, Allah says, and like that, we give parables, parables. We give these parables for the people. And no one, means ayafamuha. No one understands it except the people of knowledge. So this ayah, what does it show? That a scholar is not a true scholar until he understands. And my beloved brothers and sisters, look, just because huh, a person is memorizing a sائل, that doesn't necessarily make him a person of knowledge. What makes him a scholar is he knows the usul of this knowledge. He knows the principles that it stands on. That all these sub branches is coming out from, he knows exactly the usul that it's coming out from. Based on this ayah. As for the general mass, for them, they won't understand Allah's parables and Allah's amthila. وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس وما عقلها إلا There's an ayah in the Quran that proves the general master get confused with Allah. what did the Jews say, and the disbelievers, إن الله لا يستحي أن يضرب مثلاً ما بعوضة فما فوقها. فأما الذين, فأما الذين... فأما الذين كفروا فيقولون ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا. The disbelievers, their is when they look at Allah's parables and examples that He gives. What did Allah intend behind this parable He's given? It's not making sense. One time He's talking about Ba'uda. Uh, one time He's talking about this, whatever. What is this that He's trying to say? You see? They don't understand it. They don't comprehend it. Also Allah Subh'anaHu Wa He says, ففهمناها سليمان وكلن آتينا حكم وعلمه. الله توزع وداود وسليمان إذا يَحْكُمَانِ في الحرف. نعم لا داود وسليمان they judged a matter. The father Dawood, got it wrong and سليمان got it right. الله then says ففهمناها سليمان وكلن آتيناه حكم وعلمه. This matter Dawood didn't understand it. Nabiullah Sulayman understood it. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, He is saying, We gave Sulaiman the understanding here. But both of them, we've given them what? Both of them have knowledge. And both of them were rulers. And they had judges. They were judge, But look, the understanding He was given to Sulaiman. When Sulaiman is the son and the father is Dawood. Sulaiman is younger. Dawood is older because He's the father. But this shows you that Allah tabaarak wa ta'ala he gave Sulaiman the understanding in this particular situation also Allah tabaarak wa ta'ala he says in the Quran in surah to Yusuf ayat 2 inna anzalnahu qur'anan arabiyan la'allakum ta'qilun Allah says we sent down inna anzalnahu we sent this Quran qur'anan arabiyan la'allakum ta'qilun we sent down this Quran in the Arabic language why لعلكم تعقلون أي عقل is هي هي هنا is what الفهم لعلكم تفهمون so you can understand that you can comprehend الله تبارك وتعالى he says يؤتي الحكمة من يشاء gives wisdom to whoever he wills and whoever is given wisdom then he has been given A lot of good. What is the wisdom? We hear this common use of the word wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. What does the sharia observe wisdom as? And what is hikmah? Abdullah ibn Abbas, the commenter of this Quran, the great noble companion, what did he refer? He said, wisdom is the Quran of Allah and comprehending it. Wisdom is the Qur'an and understanding the Qur'an. So if you understand the book of Allah, then you're upon wisdom. And you know the Prophet ﷺ, what did he do dua for? Nabi Allah, he, uh, what did the Prophet do dua for? Ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Abbas. What did the Prophet make dua for him? اللهم فقه في الدين وعلمه التأويل. اللهم فقه في Oh Allah, give him understanding. Give Ibn Abbas understanding of the religion. And also teach him the commentary of the Quran. So what does this show us? That the issue is about understanding. And there are the many texts that prove that how important the issue of understanding and comprehending is important. A person may be carrying knowledge. Person. He's carrying knowledge with him. You see. But he has no comprehension of what is coming. And the Prophet told us this He said, ra'an. May Allah glow the face of a person. Sami who he is my Statement, which is the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. he holds it. And he memorizes it. And he conveys it. His issue is al-wa'i. His a is like a vessel where you pour, when you pour a water into a, a cup. The cup will hold it for you. So he holds it. Wahafizah, he memorizes it. and then he conveys it. That's what he He has no understanding. He just, he's just a holder. He's holding the knowledge. For verily, A person who is carrying that knowledge sometimes may pass it to a person who knows it more than he does. He'll say, just give me the hadith. What is it? And he'll extract 50, 20, 70, 80, 90 from this one hadith. The understanding. But this one's memorized it for him. This person passes it over to this other person, he memorized He himself may have understanding of it. No problem. Sometimes he may understand it. But this person who he is passing it over to has more understanding than he does. there used to be a man who used to be called حِمَارُ <laughs> الفُرُوح. The reason why they called him is because the Kitab Al-Furu' by Ibn Muflih, which a fiqh, hanbali book. It was said that he memorized all of his he said. So he knew it all. And they used to just ask him to read it on the and they used to extract it and explain it. He was a memorizer, he didn't understand it. He was, a, he was a donkey in the fact that he was just carrying the book, but he didn't understand it. He didn't understand what he had memorized. So what does this mean? The one who transmits And information to you doesn't necessarily mean he understood it. Another person may hear it and be able to extract more from it. And the Prophet said, And sometimes a person may even convey it and he has no understanding at all. Zero. He just the person memorized it. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was given a distinct, distinct thing that he was prioritized over the other companions. And what was that, my beloved brothers and sisters? It was understanding and comprehension. Abu Bakr. وَلِذَلِكَ وَنَمَسْجِنَا صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ مَنْشِنَا عَبْدًا اَيْ سَلَيْفُ خَيَّرَهُ اللَّهُ بَيْنَ زَهْرَةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَاخْتَارَ مَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ A slave was given the choice, the Prophet said this in a gathering he said, A slave was given a choice between this world and that which is with Allah. And that slave chose that which was with Allah. And Abu Bakr starts to cry. And then he said, Fadeinaka. He said, Fadeinaka bi wa ummahatina ya Allah. We have freed our mothers and our fathers for you. Abu Sa'id al Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Who was from the people in the gathering? He said, Why is Abu Bakr crying for? The Prophet only spoke about a slave who was given a choice between living in this world and staying and, and dwelling in this world or what is with Allah, and this slave chose what is, with, what is with Allah. So, what's there to cry about? But then later they realized that what Abu Bakr understood was. That the Prophet when he had said that he was referring to himself. In other words, the Prophet was trying to say, I am coming to an end. My life is going to stop. I'm going to die. And so I was given the choice in wanting to live in this world or the hereafter and I have chosen the hereafter. And that's where Abu Said al khudri said his statement, كان أبو بكر Abu Bakr was the one who knew most and was more knowledgeable than all of us in, affairs, in the affairs of the Prophet What does he mean? أعلمنا برسول الله? He means He is the one who understood the Prophet the most because he lived with him the most. He spent the most time with him So he understood the messenger and he knew when the Prophet said things what he meant by it. Abu Bakr because he had that فهم, understanding and comprehension. Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه, He wrote a letter to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari Umar رضي الله عنه wrote a letter to the noble companion Abu Musa al-Ash'ari And Abu Musa al-Ash'ari at this particular time Umar appointed him as a governor in Iraq وقد على بعض العراق. in some of the land of Iraq Abu Bakr appointed Abu Musa al Ash'ari as a leader. And he sent him a letter that he wrote to him. And this is what he wrote in the letter for him. He said to him, Abu Musa al Ash'ari, Al Fahmul Fahm. Al Fahmul Fahm. Understand, understand. What does he mean, Al Fahmul Fahm? A al Fahm. Strive to understanding. Ihris ala al Masa'il. Strive to understanding the issues. حفظها, don't just strive to unmemorizing it. The same with Ali ibn Abi Talib when he was asked in Kufa. He said to him, الله الله Is there anything that the Prophet specified you with? Is there anything that the Prophet uniquely gave to you over everyone else? Is there something you only have that no one else shares with you, Ali? As a family because you're from the Prophet's family. Is there anything he's done for you that he, he gave you and he told you that no one else knows? And then Ali ibn Abi Talib responded by saying, لا, no. I swear by Allah, no. Except an understanding Allah wa Taala gives a slave in the Quran. No, the Prophet never specified me with anything. The only thing is everybody and his understanding of the Book of Allah. Would you understand? Would you understand? That's it. And then he goes on saying and also what's in this script or a manuscript or a little scroll that he was holding. So what if uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib saying the issue is not the Prophet didn't specify any, everybody with something, but it's everyone in his understanding of what the Prophet said. So I bring back to your attention, my beloved brothers and sisters, don't be deceived, okay? And don't be fooled because of somebody's excessive memorization or somebody's excessive reading and research. It shouldn't amaze you. What should amaze you is understanding of a mas'ala, how that person understood it. Or yourself, have you understood this mas'ala? Do you actually, have you got to the bottom of it and you comprehended it properly? And a lot of the times, just because a lot of the youngsters and the youths, they see a person who's memorized so many ahadith or he's memorized so much, uh, they get, they get, they fall for it. And they look at this person as a scholar. And a person of or they see a person who's muqtalih, who reads a lot. And so they fall for it and they say, ah, he's a scholar. He's an al-alim. He's a person of knowledge. When in the reali- when in reality the issue is what? The issue is al-fahm Understanding, understanding. And that's what Imam Malik said. Imam Malik said, العلم لَيْسَ بِكَثْرَةِ الْرِوَايَةِ Knowledge is not the one who narrates more. Rather, knowledge is a light Allah places in the person's heart. In other words, understanding. And Ahmed ibn Salih al-Misri, who min Ashabi Malik, and Imam Malik is Ashab. He explains to us what Imam Malik meant by this statement. لي, بكثرة الري, بكثرة that knowledge is not the one who narrates more. He explains to us what it means. He says it means and Imam Malik meant by it, He means by it understanding knowledge and understanding the meanings that are in it. So, according to Imam Malik, knowledge is not the one who memorizes necessarily, rather, it's all about understanding and comprehension. What have you understood? It's not how many books you got, it's not how many books you're carrying, it's not how many narrations you have. It's really about what have you what have you understood and what have you comprehended. So again, my beloved brothers and sisters, Al al Knowledge is understanding and comprehending. Understanding kalamullahi Allah speech. Wa speech, rasulihi and the speech of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And both of the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah, and the speech of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يضبط ذلك وفق أصول العلم in accordance to the foundations and the principles of the people of knowledge. That every دلالة, the dalala of this نصوص, dalala al-alfaad, dalala al-iltizam, dalala al-tadamul, dalala al-iltizam, it's المطابقة in accordance. And that every نص You proper understand what it means Correctly Based upon Is it عام? Is it khas? Is it مجمل? Is it مبين? Is it محكم? Is it متشابه? And how? Is it ظاهر? Is it muawwal Is it nas? All of those, you have it properly. If you're doing tahrij of hadith, you go according to the usul and the qawaid of the people of hadith. And that you understand what they mean by when they say things. And Inshallah ta'ala, examples I'm going to be giving you excessively to show you how people don't understand masail al-ilm. al ilm. Some dakatira, doctor. Some problems they fall into because fahmul Ibn Abdul Barr bar said something in support of what I've just mentioned. He says, The scholars, the jurists, the majority of them are of, and this is what they say, This is what the scholars are upon, which is what rebuking a person in increasing knowledge without understanding what he previously took. Don't take on more if you haven't understood your previous knowledge. If what you've already taken before, you don't even have it in your brain and you haven't understood it. Because the issue is understanding and comprehending. Imam Al-Khatib Al-Baghdadi Rahimahullah Abdul Bar is what? al Maghrib and Khatib al-Baghdadi is Hafidh al-Mashriq. So both of them, we tend to always mention them together. Khatib al-Baghdadi, what did he say? He said Knowledge is about understanding and comprehending. And it is not increasing in the issues of narrations. Going too much into it without having any understanding of it. Some people, what they do is they want to memorize the rijal and they want to memorize an-saleed, which is good. Which is good. But he doesn't even understand what the Prophet is saying here. And he doesn't understand the matter of the hadith, what the Prophet is instructing here. He doesn't understand it. He, this is a mushkila. Well, ابْنُ الْقَيِّمْ رَحِمُهُ الله says, فَالْفَهْمُ نعمة مِنَ اللَّهِ عَلَى عَبْدِهِ Understanding is a blessing from Allah upon his slaves. وَنُورٌ اللَّهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ and it is a light that Allah places and throws in the heart of a person who He loves. يَعْرِفُ يَعْرِفُ and with this light, He starts to understand and comprehend that which others can't comprehend. So this person, look how Allah has blessed him so much. He starts to understand from the text. Other people can't even understand this from it. Allah has given Him the ability to understand this from it. You see، حفظه وفهم أصل معناه، even the the other people they share memorization with him and they all share the fundamental understanding but then he has some extra understanding which Allah has uniquely given to him. You see، فالفهم عن الله ورسوله عنوان الصديقية ومنشورة ال الولاة النبوية وفي تفاوت مراتب العلماء حتى عبد ألف وواحد. Understanding what Allah and His Messenger are saying is the title of Siddiqiyya. And it is also the station and the positions huh, that the Prophets and Messengers have held. And based on understanding تَفَاوَتَتْ ulama The stages and the levels of scholars differed. They were not all the same. Based on what al fahm on understanding until a thousand scholars or a thousand of them became equal equal to one thousand became equal to one because how how much understanding comprehension he had so my beloved brothers and sisters knowledge it is not about memorization of excessive number of things. And it is not how much books have you read and how much have you gone through. No, it's not. And it is also not. I went to this and I met this and he's one of my teachers and so is my teacher and so is my teacher. That's not knowledge. فِي حَقِيقَةِ الْأَمْرِ But knowledge in its real essence is what? It is precision. It is precision in knowledge, accuracy in knowledge and understanding and comprehending it. Nothing else. That's what it bottles down to. Now I'm not saying that one should not read. And I am not saying a person should not memorize And I am not saying a person shouldn't increase in the number of scholars he goes to and he takes knowledge from. I'm not saying this. But I'm saying that the asal of knowledge and the true essence of knowledge is Al-fahmu wa-dablufihi It is precision in knowledge and understanding and comprehending knowledge. Wallahi, anyone who does not understand knowledge you will start to see how awkward and how contradicting his rulings and veritas While Tabasa Alihil and issue start to mix up with for him. And that individual, المتماثل... you start to see him. Dividing between things that are the same. وَيُسَوِّي بَيْنَ الْمُفْتَرِقَاتِ And then he makes the two opposites, He's try, he tries to bring them together. Or he makes them uh, and gives them the same ruling. And anybody, brothers, today. المتأمِّر في واقع المسلمين اليوم If you look at the situation of the Muslims today, especially you focus on فيما the things that are spread, the articles that are written, you realize that lack of precision in knowledge and lack of comprehension in knowledge it is the true sign that is prevalent amongst the Muslims today. Especially, especially especially on social media Social media has opened the doors for every single person to put forward what he believes. Everybody, every single person comes and he says what he wants. One person will come, he will speak about a matter, a thousand people are going to follow him. Rather, millions. So this person becomes fascinated with himself. And then he starts to speak about more issues of knowledge وَيَتَخَبَّطُ فيه And then he comes with contradiction things that are incorrect comes with fatawa غَرِيبَة شَادَّ that goes against the الْأُصُولِ And the reason for that fitna that's happening is that the ummah is suffering from is is due to عَدَمُ فَهْمِ ilmi There's no comprehension of knowledge and there is also no precision in it. How has the ideology of ISIS and the Khawarij before and even till today, how has it spread? The reason why it spread is because of ignorance. And the people got affected by these people, the ignorant individuals, people who did not have who didn't understand knowledge, Huh? Started to become affected by this Khawarij. And they themselves they didn't have Dabdul Ilm and Fahmul Ilm. He has an ayah with him, he's memorized the ayah, he's memorized the hadith, He has no comprehension. And we hear Aqwal shadha in issues of fiqh, hadith, and usul. In fundamental issues of the religion. Based on that, my beloved brothers and sisters, it becomes clear to each and every one of, us, of, our, of every one of us the importance <laughs> the importance of comprehending knowledge, being, having precision in knowledge, and giving importance to this part or this topic, how important it is, it becomes clear to us. For example, we have an issue of um, that we suffer from today, اليوم, which is the issue of um, the issue of al-istihlal We have istihlal as an Islamic concept. Istihlal is making halal something Allah Ta'ala and his messenger made haram. This is called istihlal. And istihlal is of two types istihlal aqadi, and istihlal amali. Istihlal itiqadi means the istihlal that comes from the heart, and there's an istihlal that comes from the limbs. Ahl al-Sunnah wal jamaa they made takfir of istihlal on the one that is i'tiqadi, not the istihlal which is amali in other words a person who drinks alcohol excessively is not a kafir even if he's if he's consistent upon it for 40 years this is istihlal amali but is not istihlal i'tiqadi unless he says with his tongue i believe khamar is halal then it becomes I mean i'tiqadi and this makes him leave the fold of islam so a group of people who have not understood they read some of the statements of the scholars and they didn't understand which is of istihlal which is Muqafir, Al Mukhrij min Al the istihlal that would take you out of Islam. They didn't understand this. Which of the two it is. So they made takfir of any person who comes with istihlal amali. For example, what falls under istihlal amali is the Muslim leader opening banks. Al bunuk al banks. This is istihlalun amali. amal ibaha amali. He permits it, legislates it for the people to open banks. Is this, is this from the istihlal which the, past, the ruler leaves an Islam for? No. Because it is not istihlalun i'tiqadi. Unless that leader says, I believe, ربا, we are permissible and it's halal. Then this individual or this leader becomes kafir for that statement. And this is what the ulama said, Kashaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah and others, and others of Kashaykh ibn rahimahullah, that the babid of istihlal, which is mukaffir, mukhrij min al millah, is when it is i'tiqadi and not when it is amali. So, why did this problem occur to this group of people? Fahmul ilm. And there is no babd, there's no precision of these terminologies that the scholars are using what they mean by it. So they just take the Nusus like that and they use. Another group of people we have who fallen into the same extreme. We have the extreme of a takfir on one side, and we have those who fall into a takfir tebdir placing Bid'a on a person. What we know is, as Imam Ahmad said, Taking the people out of the sunnah and saying that they are innovators is a very severe issue. It's not a very light issue. And that one should not take it very lightly. So what is it? That which a person can become an innovator on. In other words, al-muayyan. When can a person be labeled as an innovator? That brings the point of then understanding what is the usul Ahl sunnah wal Jaba'ah upon, and that anyone who leaves it, he leaves Ahl Sunnah before he places ruling on them. As we know, two things are in usul Ahl Sunnah. The first one is مَزْدَرُ the sources which Ahlul Sunnah take their religion from and it's Al-Kitabu والسُنَّة والإجْمَعَ If a person does not take the Kitab or the Sunnah or the ijma, يُحْكَمُ عَلَيْهِ مُبَاشَارَةً بِالْتَبْدِيَرِ This person is a Mubtajah straight away. If he doesn't take the Kitab or the Sunnah or the Ijma' as a uh, a source of evidence then that person is an innovator straight away. No ifs, no buts. Why? He went against أهل Sunnah in the kitab. All the sunnah, all the إجماع. He's a مبتدع. The second one is Khalafa. He opposes أهل السنة في المسائل المجمع عليه عند السلف. He goes against أهل Sunnah in a matter which Ahlul Sunnah are unanimously in agreement upon. They unanimously agree with each other on this issue. Meaning there is no khilaf, there is no dispute amongst Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. This ruling, they don't differ. They have one word in it. This The person who opposes Ahlul Sunnah in this issue, to al The proof is established on him. And the doubt that's there for him is removed. He's told, look, this is what you're saying, this is the proof. All his doubts are responded to. al after removing the doubt from him, establishing the proof on him, if he's still consistent and he's persistent upon it, then he's labeled as a muktida. After you establish the proof on him, you've removed the doubts from him. If he's consistent upon it, you say he's a muktida. A group of people do not distinguish between the two. The first one, what did I say? If he goes against Ahlul Sunnah in the Mazdaru talaki, straight away he's labelled as a muktida. No hujjah is established on him, and there's no proof, uh, there's no doubt that's removed from him. There isn't. Because from the get go, you want even Ahlul Sunnah. If you go against them from the Kitab or the Sunnah, you say, I don't take the Kitab, or I don't take the Sunnah, or Ijama'ah you're talking about, I don't, that's not for me, I don't take it. You The second one, لكن, the Masa'il al-Sunnah are unanimously agreed upon. This person, proof is established on him. Once the proof is established on him, and it's brought to his attention, if he says, I still don't want to take it, Ali alayhi bitaddiya. If that is not done, then what happens is al-ghulu fi extremism in tabdir. And where did that come from? Adamu al ilm. This person has not, he has not got precision in knowledge. He has not got precision in knowledge. And he hasn't understood ilm. So that's why we're finding these extremes. You have the opposites of all of those groups. You have those liberals who would say to you, the ash'airah and the Maa and the athariyah are all Ahlul Sunnah. They want to bring every single person in that. So he will say to you, Ash'ari is Ahlul Sunnah. The ma turidi is Ahl Sunnah. sunnah The athari is Ahl sunnah When you say to him, where did you get this from? You'll say, Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, the sha'ir of Ahl sunnah But due to his lack of understanding and comprehending that according to the ulama statement is that the mustalah Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah has a usage which is general, and it has a usage which is specific. So when they say that the sha'ira sunnah they mean when we look at them in regards to the Rafidah. They're Sunnis. But when we look at Ahlul sunnah within, within the realms, they're not. And therefore, Ibn says clearly, he says, فلفض أهل السنة يراد به من أثبت خلافة الخلفاء الثلاثة فيدخل في ذلك جميع الطوائف إلا الرافضة. You see? all the groups will fall under al-sunnah comp- when we look at them from uh, when we're comparing them to the rafida فيدخل في ذلك حتى المعتزلة. ابن المعتزلة أهل السنة. but the usage which is Ab. وقد يراد الحديث والسنة فَلَا يَدْخُلُ إِلَّا مَنْ يُثْبِتُ لِلَّهِ And there's a second usage, which is what? The Ahlul Hadithi wa Sunnah are only referred to as Ahlul Sunnah. Al-Mahdha, the pure ones. فَلَا يَدْخُلُ إِلَّا مَنْ يُثْبِتُ The only person who's going to enter the Ahlul Sunnah al-Khasa is the ones who affirm Allah's characteristics and attributes. You see, my beloved brothers and sisters, and Ibn Taymi explains this in more details in his Sharha of Al, uh, al, uh, al- So, where did this problem come from? It came from lack of understanding and not comprehending. Those issues were aqeedah related matters, they were aqeedah related issues that there was no dabtul ilm or manhattan related issues. Now, let's go to issues that are. الخطأ في المسائل الفرعية ما مسائل الفقهية الخطأ في المسائل الفقهية You see mistakes that people come with in matters of fiqh due to عدم الفهم للعلم dabti. For instance not being able to distinguish between ملك المنفعة and مالك الانتفاع What's the difference between ملك المنفعة and مالك الانتفاع What's the difference between the two? And having khalal deficiency, having khalal deficiency in not being able to distinguish between what is milkul manfa'a and al intifa brings a lot of this, uh, destructive uh, rulings. And what's the difference between the two? Milkul manfa'a and al uh, intifa'a is a person can go to a masjid and benefit from it. Okay, he can benefit from this masjid, and he can sleep in the masjid, and he can read Quran in the masjid. Okay, and he can sit there. Oh, no one's going to stop him. Also, the main public roads, you're allowed to drive on it. You're allowed to benefit from this place. But can you say because I'm benefiting from the masjid, I can now go and sell the masjid? Whereas your house not only are you able to benefit from it, but you're also able to sell it, and benefit money from it, and get, gain something from it. So the Fuqaha distinguish between what is milkul manfa'ah and malikul intifa'ah. Here, this person has the rights to benefit, but he doesn't have the rights to say, I'm benefiting from it, so I'm allowed to sell it and get more benefit from it. And because of this, you see fatawat which are gharib, shad, ma Allah sultan. Other issues that you see people fall deficient in is the issue of um, the issue of you see, sometimes the fuqaha they say the person who comes in contact with impurity whilst in the prayer, but he does it forgetfulness, he comes into contact with an impure place something impure okay for example there's something that's there that's urine or whatnot, and by accident out of forgetfulness he puts his hand in there in the salah his hand falls in there by accident or which other way his salah is not nullified you hear you hear some scholars they say Imam Shafi'i said in his Qawlu Qadim and Imam al-Nawi Allah he strengthens this opinion very strong even in his Al-Majmu'u which is the majmuu which is al al-shirazi he states this is called min al Dalili wa This is strong in terms of the evidence and it's the chosen opinion, he says. And Imam Ahmad, from one of his riwayat, he says that. And it is rather the madhab of the Hanabilah, I believe. It's also the view held by Umar and Ata' ibn Abi Rabah and Sa'id ibn al Musayyib and Da'us ibn Kaysan Salim, Mola Hudayf, and Mujahid, and Sha'bi, Amr ibn Sharhabil, and Zuhri, and Nakhari, and Hassan al-Basri, Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, Al-Oza'i, ibn al-Rahu'i, Abu Thawri, Rahimahullah ta'ala. All of them they hold that opinion. Now, let's look at another issue that's related to this. And that is what? The issue of leaving off a wajib thing in the Salah out of forgetfulness. Those same scholars they say that he have to come back with that prayer again. So you're in the salah you forget something that is wajib, wajib min wajibat al salah Fard min furud al salah you leave it. They say you have to come back with it. But now we have what? If you what? If you if you've touched and you came into contact with an impurity whilst in the salah out of forgetfulness, you don't have to come back with that salah. And your salah is correct. Whereas if you leave a wajib out of forgetfulness, you have to bring back that prayer. How does that work? The reason the asal or the issue it revolves around is, and this is what the person has to understand. And once you don't understand this issue, is al the difference between what? فِعْلُ الْمَحْضُورُ نَاسِيًّا and تَرْكُ, uh, ترك الْمَأْمُورِ نَاسِيًّا The the fuqaha and the أصوليين, they ponder and they look at doing an um, uh, doing an impermissible act out of forgetfulness A leaving of a command out of forgetfulness is different Doing something that's prohibited, is not the same as leaving off something that is obligatory. You have to know the difference here. And because you don't distinguish between those two, you want to always make it the same. And your fatwas is going to be gharib. And your rulings are going to, they're going to be uh, shocking.